sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line right here on Sports Grid. I'm Dane Martinez, my main man, Kevin Walsh, giving out winners from the basement. It's hour number two where we put the fun in functional sports content. And, Kev, I want to turn our attention to the NFL where headline news, you know, outside of even the sports world, in the mainstream media, it is headline news. The Washington football team has, in fact, announced that they are retiring their team name and logo after something like 80 some odd years, you know, Dan Snyder, the primary owner once said, put it in all caps. It's never changing. Well, after a quote unquote thorough team review at this point, that took all of days. They've acknowledged and accepted that the tide is turning. There's no way around it. They are going to change the team name. And Kev, we're having a little bit of fun with it right now, right? Putting up a poll. What should the new name be. I think the leaders in the clubhouse are things like the Red Tails or things like the Washington Warriors, but I know you mm-hmm. love the idea of the Washington Roses. I honestly don't know where you've gotten that from. And, you know, we've got some other people in our poll giving out some other ideas. But first, on its face, this news Washington will have a new team name for the 2020 season. Yeah, I'm excited to see what it's going to be. I hope that. You know, they get everything right. I understand why we haven't gotten it yet, because as much as I I personally am a fan of the Roses, I went on a GTD the other day. Gave and Cam, yeah. not a fan of the Roses name. How disrespectful. Oh, how about that? They, they almost brought me on specifically to make fun of my suggestion. Quite rude of those <laughs> fellows. But uh, I understand why it's taken them quite a bit of time, because you have to, obviously, you have to figure out the logo, the logistics, this, that, and the third. I get all of that, but I mean, yeah, the decision the decision has been made. It's the right decision. It's taken them a long time to make it. The, you know, one of the craziest things to me is in that statement, they say we're going to look to find a, uh, a new name that will satisfy our sponsors, fans, and community. They legitimately led with sponsors. Like, they didn't even – I don't know if that was almost <laughs> like uh, – Well, yeah, you know what we're the doing this. wants to actually do something, no, right? Was like, we oh, know that. that they're not on Amazon. Right. But are they supposed to acknowledge that so out, like – Oh, wow. We lost a lot of money. All right. Our bad. Our, our, like, like that was, I just thought like they were like, yeah, whatever. Fine. Like whatever gets us. No, it is interesting. You know, another ripple effect that I found interesting that literally I did not think of until yesterday when I saw, I saw an interview with a a former Redskin and hall of famer, Daryl green. um, And he was saying like, what do I do now when they invite me back to like, go onto the field, you know, to wave to the crowd, do I wear my old uniform? Or are they going to give me a new version? Do I wear my old stuff, you know, um, or do I throw it out? And is the organization going to give me like a new number 28 jersey? You know, am I still supposed to be out there when I'm representing the organization and franchise at charity events or what have you? Do I still wear my old stuff? And I was like, huh, that's an interesting question. I don't know. What do you think about something like that? Like when former Redskins come on back to be honored or what have you, or, or speaking to kids at a school or whatever, does the organization have to now fun- issue them new gear? Now, who is coming back to be honored? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, have they, you know, like, I mean, like, oh, old time, old time, but like, yeah, recent, when Joe Feinsman you know, comes out, you know? Yeah. People that have the old jerseys. Yeah, you give them the nice red tails yeah, update, and it'll, it'll look good. I think for fans, it's a little bit tricky, though. I I, I think right. so. When it comes to hats and shirts, you wear your old hat, your like, I would. I think you buy the new gear, personally. But when it comes to jerseys, like that's a more expensive purchase, right? Like if you have yeah. a Dwayne Haskins jersey, it's tough to go the other way. If you want yeah, to, you yeah. can. The reason why I think it's tricky is because there's going to be people that will fit the description who will wear the old logo. There will be some who just say, look, this is what I bought. This is what I want to, like, you know, like, it's, it's, I don't mean anything offensive, but like, I just spent a hundred bucks on this Gwen Asking jersey. Right. I'm wearing this jersey. But then there are going to be people who are defiantly wearing that. You know that. You know right, that to right, be true. Right, right. Absolutely. And like, same people who are going to defiantly not wear a mask right now. 
Yeah, right. Which is thanks for that, by the way. You're all great. Um, <laughs> like I just that you, I, I, you know, it'll be interesting to see kind of what the <laughs> what a joke. I was going to say it's going to be interesting to see what the vibe would be like at their home games. There won't be anybody there if there ain't going to be games. anybody there, Kev. You ain't got to worry about that. But you know, here's something I do think is interesting, and I'm not trying to make light of anything. And maybe you think this is a crazy comparison. After Aaron Hernandez was convicted of murder. The New England Patriots allowed you to come to the stadium, turn in your Aaron Hernandez jersey, and they'd give you a new one. Okay, so maybe the organization wants to do that. We've seen trade-in programs before, like guns for something nice, you know, whatever it is. Maybe the Washington football team, if they care about that merchandise and erasing that stain, maybe what they do is allow fans to trade in a jersey for a new Warriors jersey or a Red Tails jersey or whatever the case may be. Our poll question up right now, it's very, very close, and thanks for everyone who's voting. But right now, Kev, Red Tails is slightly ahead, only by one and a half point percentage points over other. Some interesting responses. Hit us up at SportsGrid, at Spittin' Speeds, at the Kevin Walsh. What's up, man? So <laughs> um, the, the interesting thing is, like, does this all – first of all, in terms of them going with, like, those New Jerseys, they're going to be like, oh, well, our sponsors, Nike, foot the bill. Like, that will be how they figure out if they're going to do it or not. See, but do you remember when we were doing our roster resets, the one team that I was high on that I wasn't really high on, but I was kind of high on? Yes, the Washington football team. I mean, listen, I don't know. Could this be good juju? Are we in yet, Dane? Like, what's happening? Dwayne hey. Haskins, like, surprise player of the year? Like, are we buying it? The win total is five. Do the Washington Red Tails win six games? Do the Washington Warriors win seven? Do the Washington Roses Win the East, I don't know, but I feel like it's a better sign than a worse sign. Um, I don't think it's any sign. I don't think <laughs> what they are wearing has the anything the same. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it has anything to do with it. What I will find yeah. is interesting. Their win total right now with our friends at FanDuel is right on the number at five. And you know how they also have every other team named like the Tennessee Titans, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, they have. Washington. The win total is five. Had a little bit of juice to the over five. So maybe, Kev, if you think they could get to six or seven, you may want to click submit on that. Kev, tomorrow is a big day in the NFL calendar. Okay. It is a huge day for a number of big time players. Tomorrow, July 15th, Kev, is the deadline for any players who are franchise tagged to come to a long term deal. Okay, and this is a very big deal. You know, obviously, with Dak Prescott and, you know, with the kind of Patty Mahomes money where that quarterback market will settle. But I got to tell you the truth, Kev, there are a number of other players who move the needle, okay, who have the potential to sign a long term deal in the next, you know, 24 to 36 hours. I'm talking about. Guys like Derrick Henry out of Tennessee, Yannick Ngakwe in Jacksonville, Chris Jones in Kansas City, um, and a couple of pass rushers in Shaq Barrett and Bud Dupree as well. Do you think any of these guys will sign, and which, if any, move the number and impact how you lean on that football team for the future? Yeah, it's worth noting, actually, right before uh, we got uh, out of the gates here on the early line, Adam Schefter did tweet out, uh, that the Titans and Derrick Henry are not expected to reach a long-term deal okay. by Wednesday. Uh, so he would then be making uh, $10.2 million this upcoming season and then will become a free agent next offseason. So that does go to this idea that we've been talking about, about Derrick Henry's workload having no limit and them pushing forward. Uh, and that obviously right. pertains to this conversation. Yes, I know there's other guys than Dak, but it is hard for me to think about anybody other than Dak when it comes to this situation. It's the fact that the Dallas Cowboys will present you the idea that Dak Prescott is the best quarterback in the division while being from the same draft class as Carson Wentz, while Carson Wentz is paid and they won't commit to Dak Prescott is wild to me. Although it is a bit odd because is it fair to categorize it as that they won't commit to Dak Prescott when they want a fifth year versus Dak wanting the fourth year? Right. Like, Maybe they do want to commit to Dak. They just they just want more control over this situation. 
the, the struggle here for Dallas is the only other really scenario where we've seen this play out, I would say, was Kirk Cousins and his time in Washington. Yes. The idea that Dak Prescott is going to be on a new team in two years, Dane, is a, is a pretty jarring one. Right? Yeah, but it is becoming, you know, it, it's still a possibility. And remember, we talked about it when it was Kirk Cousins being like, oh, when we have a quarterback like that when he's still young? Hitting the market. And then we just had an offseason where there was more quarterback movement than we've ever seen. So I wonder what these quarterback markets will look like. Will Dak Prescott be a part of it? Will a guy like Deshaun Watson be a part of it next year? Will Aaron Rodgers be a part of it? The rehabbing image of Jameis Winston, will he be a part of it? It is very, very interesting. I also mentioned in the names, though, Kev, of people who, you know, the deadline is approaching. I mentioned Shaq Barrett and I mentioned Bud Dupree. They yeah. are very interesting cases, Kev, for a different reason. And I want to bounce this off of you. You know, they are technically linebackers, but they play a 3-4 scheme, right? So they are the kind of outside linebacker at, at a 3-4. They're rushing the passer. Shaq Barrett led the league in sacks last year. Bud Dupree doing his thing. They are clearly edge rushers, right? But they're called linebackers. Right. In a three, four set, as opposed to the D lineman or the defensive end in a four, three scheme. And that's important because it's different markets for the franchise tag. If you're a defensive end, it's something like 17 million. If you're a linebacker, it's something like 15 million. So these guys, Dupree and Shaq Barrett specifically, are also kind of working the system and grieving because they want to be treated like the pass rusher that they are and, you know, get whatever that franchise number is. For that position and that skill set, I think it is another interesting thing to consider as, you know, players in the league go back and forth and talk about money and deadlines. Interesting caveat for the two of them, huh? How does this happen? I mean, like, are, is the NFL the worst you've ever seen at trying to negotiate stuff for players? Like the fact that I can just go to a different scheme and now all of a sudden the guy that led the NFL in sacks isn't an edge rusher and I get to pay him two million less dollars. Right. Like it's so crazy that that's something that they're even able to. This shouldn't even be a conversation. This shouldn't even be a conversation. And I, not to put a damper on things, but this is what makes me worried about this. These two sides figuring out a deal when it comes to the upcoming season. Although maybe the NFL Players Association will just get no benefits and no coverage, and they'll go out there and play a season, and they'll mess things up again. That is possible, but when we come back here on the early line, we'll dive into it because the NFLPA and the owners are now starting to talk, starting being a very concerning word for me. And there's a player on a team that a lot of people like this year that's uncertain if he's going to play. We'll talk about that and its impact when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line. Kevin Walsh and Dane Martinez putting the fun in functional sports content. And, Kev, I got to tell you the truth. I, I'm, I'm shocked. Not that what I'm about to report that we're talking about, but the fact that we're reporting it on July 14th instead of, like, May 14th is a ridiculous concern for me. You know, Pelissaro is out there the other day talking about how the NFL Players Association and the owners – have a call schedule, and they're now starting to talk about the economics of all of this and how to account for some of the losses. We've heard about this, Kev, in Major League Baseball. We've heard about this, Kevin, in, you know, uh, European soccer. Ronaldo was taking a pay cut. We heard and talked about this with the NBA, right, like the amount of games and the television contracts. We knew this was going to be an issue. It'd be ridiculous to think that we wouldn't have to cross this hurdle. And we're seeing things like um, the salary cap remaining flat 
for extended periods of time, how we spread the revenue losses over, you know, a proposal for the rest of the decade and how this happens. Now, Kev, we know that this can hold up the process. We know that this is not an easy hurdle to cross. Just look at the other sports. Kev, the fact that they are thinking through this now doesn't inspire confidence in me, Kev, because like these are things they should have been taking advantage of in that runway we describe, right? They're the longest runway of anybody. This is the unfortunate scenario. And I will look, here's what I will say to the NFL in their defense. If I was going to defend them on this, the way things were trending, the way people were talking about stuff, there was reason to think that maybe by the time they, you know, things came around, they would be in a much better position than they are in. Like the expectation was not certain states breaking records. The expectation, Dane, was for a lot more of the states to look like New York, which is so crazy to say when you think back to how things look like in March. Yeah. But that is what the expectations were. Now, that's not happened. But that doesn't, that's not going to save them from the fact that they have to piece all of this together and they got to move quick. Because, look, you could, and that's one of the things that I know that I've done. And it, as I've been like, oh, okay, well, the next first game's in September. And there's a lot more that has to happen before that first game. Yeah. Obviously, the preseason. And then, obviously, all of training camp that has to be sorted well, out. Reporting to camp, as right, well. absolutely. There's so much that has to be handled. And, you know, we can talk about what's in this proposal. But that's why now for a week or so, Dan, since we've been talking about this, I've been reminding people and talking about the built-in delay to the yeah. NFL season that they did put in April, Mar March or April or so that they did build into their schedule. I do not think Chiefs-Texans is the first game of the NFL season. That is uh, becoming less and less of a bold take as time goes on. But look just how far apart they are still, Kev. You know, and that's what causes concern for me. Remember we talked about the player, uh, the owners wanted to hold 35% of salaries in escrow just in case. Now the players are coming back with all fully guaranteed money getting paid out even if the games are canceled, those seem like two opposite ends of mm -hmm. a continuum. And Kev, I also going back to the franchise tag stuff, right? And how tomorrow's the long, the, the, the deadline to get a long-term deal. I'd be willing to bet my bottom dollar, Kev, that some of the hesitancy on signing a long-term deal is around this. Also, we don't know if the season is going to happen as scheduled this year, and we don't know what the salary cap is going to be in those years of a long-term deal. So I think that further complicates even that issue. I do want to bring up a specific team and a specific player that may not on its face ring bells or move the needle, but because of the team, because of that team's quarterback, and because of the expectations for the team, I do think it's important. I'm talking about the Tampa Bay Bucks, a team that has got a ton of money. I remember when we were doing our roster resets, I think you had them at one point winning like 12 or 13 games. We were looking at alternate win totals for them. A lot of people believe that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with the GOAT at quarterback to maybe be an elite game manager will certainly help the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But, Kev, their left tackle, Donovan Smith, is saying, and he's saying early, he's saying now, he is concerned about reporting to camp. He doesn't know if he's going to want to do it. And it's another athlete with another valid reason, Kev. He's got a newborn daughter, and he's worried about the health risk coming into this family. Now, I remember when we had the draft, Kev, we were talking about the offensive line as the absolute priority for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? They addressed it in the draft, sure, but if Don, if the left tackle goes down, that's the goat's blind side. This has to have an impact. What do you think about the story? And then how much does it move the needle for you on Tampa Bay? Yeah, when it comes to the Bucks, like this isn't going to lead me to go and and bet the under or anything like that for Tampa. Okay. Because you have to see how this plays out. Like we've heard people offer concerns and then still go. Like Mike Trout offered those concerns, but is still currently expected to play. For the Angels, if Donovan, Donovan Smith is gone, well, now Tristan Wirth's responsibilities just got tripled, who they did just draft this past year. 
and mm-hmm. they'd obviously have to find some replacement level. I wonder if a part of them wants to maybe start making phone calls to Jason Peters, who is right. still available. That's how you handle the very specifics of this situation. The thing, though, is this story, to me, applies more on the large, the larger scale. Um, okay. If you think Donovan Smith is going to be the only NFL player that's concerned, right. you couldn't be right. more wrong. And the problem with the NFL is like, you know, there's depth at different spots. Yes. Mm-hmm. On the offensive line, that's yeah. a very difficult place. And <laughs> from what we've at least heard about the disease, Dane, one of the at-risk groups are if you're overweight. overweight. And that's not to slight NFL player, okay? They are the most in-shape, overweight people you will ever see. But if they want to approach this stuff with with an abundance of caution, then they might be looking to pull back a bit here. And we just don't know where things are going to be at come, let's call it August. Let's call it August. Maybe that's when they might try to go for a training camp. We don't know where things are going to be at. We have no idea what what their approach is going to. I mean, I saw someone yesterday said, man, I'm starting to think the NFL is going to need a bubble. I have no idea how you attempt to execute a bubble with the NFL. I have absolutely no idea what that would even remotely look like. And they have then so much more than they even think that they would need to be sorting out. Like there are people who might be holding out for health reasons, concern, like that is where the day. And also this is the thing, like we're talking about how the importance of a left tackle, how much when a quarterback holds out, like at the end of the day, right? Right. Avery Bradley is on a contending team and that matters. But there's guard depth, right? At the end of the day, yeah. Mike Trout is the best player in baseball. But there are nine guys that play the field and bat, and it's obviously a yeah. big loss. But like, it's not if a, a quarterback, a quarter. Like, if all of the sudden you're, you know, you're making a phone call to get Sam right. Bradford out of retirement because you need a starting right. quarterback, like that's a tough spot, a very tough spot to be in. Listen, you know, I I agree with you, Kevin, absolutely. I may surprise you, but I think this offensive line issue could even be tougher, okay? It is it is hard for NFL teams now to find five quality starting offensive linemen yep. as it. Absolutely. As is, okay? And offensive line is intriguing because you're only as strong as the weak link of the chain. You know what I mean, Kev? Like you could have four good offensive linemen and you got one last guy who's like a turnstile there. Well, guess what kind of blitz package the defensive coordinator is putting together? Guess who we're stunting off of? Guess who we're running on a double A gap blitz, right? It's obviously that weak link of the chain. And you talk about this already, you know, above uh, overweight people. I like, listen, offensive linemen, when they retire, they drop 45 pounds. I'm not saying they're not in shape, but they're carrying weight to be an offensive lineman, okay? And because of specifically Tom Brady being an immobile quarterback, specifically being the left tackle, which is the blindside protector, specifically being this team, Tampa Bay, who's kind of rising in the perception of teams and a very sexy pick. I mean, they're the third choice, Kev, in the NFC overall behind only San Fran and New Orleans at seven to one. You know, I agree with you that a quarterback would obviously move the needle if all of a sudden, goodness gracious, we hear that Russell Wilson is out for week four because he tested positive for COVID. That is huge. But I'm, I want to bring to people's attention that especially this position, especially this team, it rings bells as well. Yeah, it's the thing, like, NF, it's a, it's, a, it's a tough spot, Dane. It's a tough spot to try to start replacing people in, in the NFL. And there's just so much that has to be sorted, right? I mean, even, like, you could even then start to ask yourself, like, how will they handle the coaches on the sidelines, right? Like, we had that conversation with the NBA yeah. And Mike D'Antoni, Greg Pop, and Alvin Gentry are all going to be allowed to go. But maybe it is different being under the circumstances of a bubble. And maybe Pete Carroll and, and Bill Belichick would be asked to stay home. I mean, where would you sit on the Patriots if I told you Bill Belichick's not there? Like, and this, again, this is not a conversation. Pete Carroll that is in the 70s, right? We're, this is not a conversation that we're looking to have to put a damper on things. But I yeah. think all of this can be tied back into the way we're. The NFL futures market, Dan, we went through and we found, let's call it about maybe five bets, right? That we were like, oh, I'd make that bet now. I think it's a great bet. 
But full transparency, the reason why I haven't made any of those bets actually yet, not because I don't believe in what I'm set telling you guys. I wouldn't do that. I would all, Anything I tell you guys, I believe it. It's just I don't know if there's going to be an NFL season. Or at least I don't know what the parameters of an NFL season right. look like. So if I were looking to make a bet today, yeah, the Seahawks to make the playoffs looks good, right? The Raiders all under right. looks good. But I just don't know what the situation is going to look. I think there's way too much up in the air. And also, when you consider one of those things, to tie this all back in, that um, Tom Pilarisso tweeted out, right, is that the NFL, one of the things they're going to ask for is fully guaranteed money, even if all the games are canceled. That's the right. full example of what we were talking about. I'm going to start all the way over here on crazy, and I know where you're going right. to start. That's far, far apart whenever these negotiations are going to begin. Right. One side wants to hold a third of the salaries in escrow to, you know, as a contingency for if this is going to happen. The other side mm-hmm. wants to be paid regardless as their contingency. Yes, I would say they still have some discussions to have. You know, I also think, Kevin, maybe we could talk about it. If they're not in a bubble, do you fade teams that are from the state of Florida or from the state of Texas or from the state of Arizona because they will be traveling from market to market? I find that very interesting as well. We'll talk about it at another time. When we come back, we turn our attention to Major League Baseball. There's some news and notes there, and we've been telling you we're zoning in on a trend we're finding on the central divisions. We'll talk about more when we come back right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the early line where we give you the edge on Sports Grid. I'm Dane Martinez, my main man, Kevin Walsh, live and direct from the basement. Kev, we've been saying we're going into the AL Central. And I want to take a step back first from a conceptual okay. standpoint. It's something that I've alluded to a number of times. And quite frankly, I think is really the dominant thing we need to talk about in the AL Central. And it's the schedule imbalance, Kev, right? We know that teams are going to play like 40 of the 60 games against their own division, right? And then um, another chunk against that division in the other league, right? And that's going to be this time around like 80% of your entire schedule. We've said this kind of as a throwaway thing multiple times, but the Central is weaker, in my opinion, and in many experts' opinion, than the comprehensive 10 teams of the East or the comprehensive 10 teams of the West. So if you're in the Central... You have an easier strength of schedule than the teams in the East and the West. Now, that may not matter, Kev, when you're competing for a division title, right? The Twins are still the division favorites in the AL Central, right? But I do believe there's a big impact here, Kev, when we're talking about things like your playoff yes-no bets, okay? Because, Mm -hmm. for example, you know, right now, as I look on the FanDuel Sportsbook, When you see the AL Central and you see like kind of the divisions, right? In the AL Central, yes, the Twins are the favorite. And yes, the Indians are the second choice at plus 260. But if the book is telling you that the Indians will be the second choice in the Central and say the Rays are that in the American League East and say the A's are that in the American League West, well, the Indians, the A's and the Rays are competing then for those two wildcard spots. And Cleveland, in this scenario, will have had a dramatically easier schedule to get to that whatever it is that's going to get the job done, 34 wins, let's say, to win a wild card. I think the teams in the Central have an easier path to that than the other teams. Conceptually, does that make sense? Do you agree? And how would you try to make money off of it? It makes all the sense in the world. I think one of the things, though, that I've seen some people mention is the uh, win percentage carried over from last year. But, Dane, this is something that you and I actually talked about quite a bit when we did our roster resets. And the better way to kind of use strength of schedule would be projected win totals. Because the White Sox last year were 17 games under 
500. And the Reds last year were 12 games under 500. And both of those teams are expected to be significantly better, quite a bit better. Like they're, they're, that to me is important into this conversation. And I will say, I have had a, like, I know the Royals, I know the Tigers and the Pirates are all supposed to, are supposed to be very bad. And I know we're going to talk more about the AL Central, but this, it all ties in. I have had a difficult time wrapping my head around the NL Central and how I'm supposed to look at that division because the Cardinals, the Brewers, and the Cubs are all expected to, you know, be quality teams. And the Reds have moved up. I think they might be joint favorites to like win that division. Like, because of those top four teams, like, if you had to tell me, like, is there an argument that the NL Central is the hardest division in the National League, or is it obviously the NL East? I mean, I guess the West is pushed aside, but, like, because those top four teams, like, is the Central not almost the same thing as the East? Like, I'm trying to find that balance. I know we're looking to pick on the Royals and the Tigers, and those two teams probably mean the AL Central, and again, I know that's what we're talking about here, are the weakest division. But what applies to the AL Central is they're going to be playing the NL Central. Is that mm-hmm. division is that division average, above average, below average? I might lean towards above average. I think the NL East is dramatically uh, tougher than the NL Central. And here's my evidence for you. When I look to the NL pennant, when I look to the NL odds to win the National League, right? We all understand and acknowledge that the Dodgers are the heavy favorite and they reside out west, right? So, and they're at plus 160 to win the National League, okay? But then after that comes Atlanta, an east team, followed by Washington, an east team, followed by the Mets, an east team, right? Then you get three central teams, then you get another east team. So to me, the book is telling you the Braves, Nationals, and Mets are all a tier above the Cardinals, Cubs, and Reds, and then they've got the Phillies a tier above the Brewers. So when you put those teams up up against each other, at least in the kind of commonality of the NL uh, pennant, it looks like there's a a big-time lean towards the Eastern teams, which would be my point on the Central maybe having an easier path for something like a wild card. The reason, though, and I I know that those odds exist, is that we've both offered being lower on the Braves and certainly the Nationals, right? Yep. In that, so the Braves and the Nats of this, of all these teams are both at 33 and a half. They're, yep. they're supposed to be the best teams of all eight teams that we're discussing here. But I don't think either of us find them to be the, those, the top two teams out of this group of eight. Now the Mets 32 and a half is actually, and this is part of the reason why I'm lower on the Mets, is the idea that the Mets are better than every team in the NL Central is just not something I can wrap my head around. I know you have, and I, and I think you've offered plenty good reason as to why. For whatever it is, for me, I cannot wrap my head around that. You're not on it. That's then, then they have then they're, the Phillies are 31 and a half, which is also the same number for the Cardinals, for the Cubs, and for the Reds, and then the Brewers come in at 30 and a half. And again, I know we're going to get to the NL Central, but I, I just wonder if there might be a, a lot of value to be had out there on that NL Central. One of the things that actually um, I talked about, not you, you were, uh, you were absent for a little bit during yesterday's <laughs> show, um, was that the yes-no playoff market, every single yeah. team in the NL Central is plus money. Every single one of them is plus money. Like They can't even commit to a team to win this division. And I think the, that level of uncertainty is also maybe why the pricing maybe looks a little bit uh, the way that it does in some of these markets. But I think the NL Central could be maybe the spot where we might find the most value. And I'm still trying to figure out then how that applies to the AL Central. Yeah, for me, as we take it back to the AL Central here, Kev, for me, like when I look at a team like the Cleveland, right, they're going to have a big chunk of games against those teams in the NL Central. Then when I look at the Rays, They're going to have a big chunk of games against those four teams in the NL East. And I just think that that is a harder path for the Rays than it will be for Cleveland. By how much? I'm not sure. Call it a difference of two or three games. But when we're talking about those wild card standings right in the last week of the season, I better believe that that race will be within two or three games. Now, another team in the AL Central that I know 
we have talked about a lot is the Chicago White Sox, Kev. But at the same time, Michael Kopech has opted out of the 2020 season. Yoan Moncada already on the DL. So I want to ask you because they're this sexy team, right? But you can get now still plus money for them to make the playoffs, Kevin. This has been this interesting market that you want to be in. Right now, the White Sox to make the playoffs is plus 210. That's a nice little number. I know everybody's excited about them. I'm not sure if you are pouring cold water on them because of the Kopech and Moncada and other news coming out of Chicago. Do you still like them maybe as a team to kind of go out like gangbusters and maybe be a value at plus 210 to make the playoffs? The struggle with this White Sox team is it's a brand new team. I mean, nothing I offer you from last year matters. It just, like, they, they bring in Yasmani Grandal, Edwin Encarcion. They, they go out and, and got Dallas Keuchel. They traded for Nomar Mazar. Like, there are so many key contributors that are now coming from other spots that it's, it's changed drastically. And, you know, because a lot of people, right, like yourself, were excited about this White Sox team. We, we talk about the young guys, right? Noan Mancada yeah. and what they can bring to the table. Eloy, yeah. But there, there, there's so many different guys that have come over now as well. Like, I look at this, this White Sox lineup, and if Tim Anderson can, can continue to contribute, and Mancada and Eloy Jimenez are yeah. as good as they're supposed to be, and then Jose Abreu can stay at an all-star level, and Yasmani Grandal and Edward Encarcion are the top guys what? that they... I mean, Dan, that's this top six lineup. Like, they, like, that's a really good lineup that we've just gone through. And then you even look at the rotation. Lucas Giolito looked like an ace last year. Dallas Keuchel, Gio Gonzalez, those are solid names that they added. Depending on how things work out with Michael Kopech here, like, I the, the interesting thing to me when it comes to this White Sox team is it might even be less, like, surprise out of nowhere type mm-hmm. of situation and more so like, no, they retooled the entire team and now they're just good, period. Yeah, I know. I mean, listen, a lot of people are on this White Sox team as the kind of surprise. As I look to the AL pennant odds, the Chicago White Sox are the seventh choice. Okay, now they, you know, five teams make it in. At one point, we thought eight teams from each league were going to make it in, and maybe that yes-no would have been a minus number. But, Kev, let me ask it to you this way. All right, they are the seventh choice right now. Would you like them better than any of the teams above them? So, for example, Cleveland is the team projected to be second in this division. Chicago is third. I see Cleveland at 11 to 1 to win the AL. I see Chicago at 16 to 1 to win the AL. There's also Oakland there at 12 to 1, the Rays. These are the other kind of wild card contenders, right? I think Tampa, Cleveland, Oakland, the White Sox, and I would throw in my my sleeper, the Los Angeles Angels. I believe those are the kind of like five teams fighting for the two wild card spots unless one of the division favorites kind of defecates the mattress, which is obviously possible, right? So you're right. Maybe it's not about this surprise. Can I interest you, though, in 16 to 1 as value for these White Sox to bring it all the way home? You could. I want to talk about that yes no playoff market, though, because you were talking about. Go ahead, that. tell me. Plus two, so I mentioned NL Central, right? We can't even get a team to be minus money. The American League looks way different. The A's, the Indians, and the, the Tampa Bay Rays are all a minus price to make the playoffs. And then, of course, so are the Yankees, the Astros, and the Twins. We've got six teams at a minus number, Dan, and only five are going to make it. So now I need the White Sox to come in at a plus number. That's the tough balance there for me. I don't know if there are enough spots for them, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing we got to throw in, in this variant season, anything can happen. So I like a little 16-to-1 action. We'll keep talking about the AL Central throughout the week. But when we come back, we tie a nice, neat little bow on this episode of The Early Line. We check in on our poll. We find out what's going on in the morning after as well. Come on right back after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Hey, welcome back in, everybody, to the early line right here on Sports Grid. He's Kevin Walsh, and I am merely Dane Martinez, the spitting statistician, stable genius, and vocal minority. Kev, at the beginning of the show, we put a poll question up. It was about our one of our headlines that obviously Washington has retiring their team name and their logo. We wondered, what do you want the new team name to be? We put out Red Tails and Warriors, what we thought were two leaders in the clubhouse, the Roses, um, which is something that Kevin loves, and then <laughs> other. You know, we wanted your ideas. Unfortunately, Kev, Roses is not doing it. Roses is in last Shocking. All the people are voting with your idea right now. Red Tails is in the lead, Kev. Over a third of folks believe that we will be seeing the Washington Red Tails in the near future. We thank everybody for voting. We're going to try and do that every day so you can engage with the show, be a friend of the show at SportsGrid, at Spitting Speeds, at the Kevin Walsh. Kev, we got some other ideas, some other nominations and others that I thought were interesting from the legitimate, right, to like uh, the Freebirds, to the kind of trying to be funny with like the rubber bullets or the wussies or the sleaze bags, I think are interesting. And then one guy said that the new name should be the Redskins. What do you think about the poll, Kev? Yeah, thanks for being stuck in the past, pal. Awesome, awesome <laughs> vote. I, I mean, look, it's um, I'm excited just to see what, where 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 they come away with this. I do wonder. You know, I don't know. Like, I, I thought maybe at this point we would hear more of rumors of like, oh, they're leaning towards this name or they yeah. narrowed the name down to four. Yeah. Like, you know, we've right. heard like, oh, Red Tails and Warriors. Like, I actually yesterday, um, I heard that the Washington Warriors, the reason why Dan Snyder had applied for that trademark was for, I think, an arena football league team. Like, I think that's why he, so I don't know if that means uh, if he would view that as a ago, good right? option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying is, I don't know if like, then he ever thought of it as a potential name for, for this right. team. And I don't know, maybe if he would want that, if he, you know, does he actually want to hold off on, who knows, maybe we'll get the XFL again sometime. Like, I don't know if he wants to um, put that name forward. The one thing I'm, I'm just going to be really interested to see is when they make this decision and if yeah. the logo is ugly or if it is fantastic. Because this is the thing. We move quick, right? We're going to say, mm -hmm. oh, look, they changed the name. And then immediately it's going to be like, these jerseys are hideous or like these things are sweet and I am excited to see what it looks like. Yeah, absolutely. Let me ask you one more question on this because this is moving quickly, right? We know that they're going to retire the name, and the logo. We know that right now, as we sit here recording live on Tuesday morning here, Washington does not have a team name. Mm -hmm. When will we get that word, Kev? When will we be calling them the Washington Red tails, warriors, Ooh. roses, hogs, whatever it is, right? Today is Tuesday, okay? Do you think by our last show this week, on the Friday show, do you think we will be calling it the Washington blank? We can answer the poll, or will it go for weeks? Like, how long will this happen? Hey, you don't want it to go too long, right? Like, you'd like to... You'd like to kind of get this done and over with. There were some. There was some reports that there were like delays with copyright stuff, and I saw some right. uh, some stuff floating around on the timeline that some guy had gone out and basically uh, put copyright claims in, and trademark claims in for all of these potential names that they might want to use, and maybe they're caught up in, in battling. Um, right. The, the Which is a smart move to get to ahead of it, and, right? I, yeah, I go sure. try like and get people those try and steal. Right yeah, yeah, yeah. Right when people try and steal the domain names, so I, I we'll see. I would like to think it's done by this week. I think that would make sense. Again, I would, if it were me, you'd want it done sooner than later, but you also don't want to rush the decision. I would right. say by the time, this time next week, we probably would have the answer. I think that it's reasonable that they maybe wait and, and drop it on a Monday, but it, it's got to be sooner. I mean, it can't, like, we can't get to like August and not know, right? I would think so because listen, every day that passes by, is an opportunity for people to purchase more new Washington merchandise. So they want to get sure that is. as quickly as possible. Kev, let's make some picks for today. I don't know if we're going to have the same thing, but when I gave you what I think is going to happen today, it sounded like you were on board. I am going on a game that is going to start in the next 20 minutes. The 9 a.m. start in this MLS is back tournament, Kev. I just think this is a tough spot for the Chicago mm -hmm. Flyer. 
right? They've, they're, they're in a new group. They had to scout new teams. They've had these stops and starts because they were supposed to play, you know, a team in Nashville that had to withdraw whatever anxiety comes around that they're in a new group and they face Seattle this morning, the defending MLS champions who, to your point, have a game under their belt because of the beauty of soccer with the three way line. Seattle is the favorite, but I can still get them at plus money. And that's where I am going today. I can get the Seattle Sounders at plus 125 in their second game of this tournament against the team making their first play that had to move groups. I just think it's a tough spot. Give me the Sounders at plus 125 today. I love it. I'm excited about it. These 9 a.m. games have also been a little bit of a treat, I feel like, at least for uh, for us here that, that work nice and early in the mornings. Because usually it's, I'd be, like, debating before I go to sleep. Like, oh, do I want to set an alarm to wake up for this game? Right. I'm just up. I'm just up now. So uh, it works yeah, well, you, you were doing KBO, Kevin. You were, I mean, come on. The, yeah, no rest for the weary, brother. I was trying to stay up for the KBO. Okay. Like, you know, like that's okay. a, it's, a big, it's a big gap. And you'd be no good um, to me live on the early line at 7 a.m. Absolutely not. Um, so when it comes for, for, for something to give the audience here today, we've gone through the TBT tournament. Um, I want to give you guys something new and I do want to make sure that we can try and approach as much as possible when it comes to this NBA win totals market. And I know we're going to really hone in on it right before things, but there's also been line movement here, right? And we don't want all the value to be gone by the time we get there. And if there are things that jump out to us and we got to look at them. Now the Spurs, uh, have an over under of two and a half, very low, right? Plus 125 to the under is where it was. It's now plus 115. And I think that's accurate that the under has started to be clicked on a little bit more. Again, the idea that Greg Popovich is going to go, I mean, not a lot of breathing room, right? Like, no wins, one win, two wins. I get that. But they're going to start off with the Sacramento Kings. They're already three-point dogs there. They'll play Memphis. I I think they're going to be dogs against against Memphis. Maybe not. I, I mean, how low can they really have Memphis? Then they play Philly, Denver, Utah, New Orleans, Houston, Utah. I'm not sure if the Spurs are going to be favored in any of their games. Mm. In fact, I don't think they're going to be favored in a single game, Dane. We know LaMarcus Aldridge isn't there. I could see Greg Popovich kind of playing this scenario a a little bit safer, if you will, Mm. a little bit more lax, giving the young guns that opportunity to – you know, flex right. their muscle and, and get some time letting, uh, you know, Tim Duncan getting some coaching reps and Becky Hammond getting some coaching reps on the sideline. And also, Pop is fair. DeMar DeRozan is coming up on a player option of $27.7 million. Now, maybe due to the times that we're living in, he is going to opt into that. But there's also an idea that maybe he opts out of that. And the fact right. that DeMar DeRozan is going, I think him and Pop would work together to make sure that his minutes are in line with what he's looking for. I know two and a half is low, but it's coming at plus money for a team, Dane, that I don't expect to be seed favored in any of their basketball games. Very interesting. We will keep our eye on Greg Popovich and the San Antonio Spurs. Up next here on SportsGrid, continuing to give you the edge, will be the morning after, and so we are lucky enough to have the host of that show, Miss Ariel Epstein, join us for a couple of minutes. Ariel, we put up a poll question Earlier in the show, like, what do people want the new Washington football team name to be? Red Tails is in the league, right? Is in the lead right now. I've got two questions for you. One, do you have any specific ideas of how you think it would go? And, you know, we said this earlier. Ariel, I'm reminded of when Aaron the murderer Hernandez was convicted of murder. The Patriots allowed you to go in, trade in an Aaron Hernandez jersey. And get a new one. Do you think Washington will offer anything like that? Like, there's still a lot of fans that have old hats and jerseys and hoodies. Are they now between a rock and a hard place? Or are they going to get new jerseys? What about old teammates that come back or do charity events? Are they going to get issued new Washington red tail jerseys? What do you want the name to be? And how do you think they accommodate for this evolution that is taking place? 
I have heard that that Red Tails name was the front runner, which is hilarious to me because I just don't get it. I didn't mind the Sentinels. I really don't care, though, to be honest, Dan and Kevin. Um, I'm going to read you something. I, t- I texted a friend of mine. His name's Clip Brock. He works in radio in eastern North Carolina. And I said to him, hey, Clip, you've been a Redskins fan your entire life. You have 40 years worth of Redskins gear, jerseys, hats. He's a diehard. And he said, if it was 20 years ago, I'd be emotional and reactional. But he's like, I have, it's a joke, this organization. We need a fresh start. A new name could be a fresh start. New jerseys, new hats could be a fresh start. Yet he still said he's going to wear his Riggins and Taylor jerseys. I think that you the fans are just going to have to go and buy mm. new gear. It's inevitable. They're not. The Redskins aren't going to allow fans to get free swap in and out your jerseys. Think of that entire <laughs> fan base. The entire East Coast is filled with Redskins fans because we didn't have teams like we didn't have teams like the Baltimore Ravens. We didn't have certain teams on the East Coast that were in that Washington area. Um, the Carolina Panthers too. They weren't around until the 90s. So think of how many people fill the middle of the East Coast who are just Washington Redskins fans. Yeah, that's totally true. So, Ariel, talk to me here uh, on a Tuesday. I'm sure you guys are going to be hitting uh, MLS. What uh, what else do you have on the docket uh, for TMA? <laughs> I love that you say you know that we're going to have some MLS because Jared has been obsessed <laughs> with soccer. We actually placed a few soccer bets yesterday, um, a few of them cash. Jared's been doing really well with these parlays, so we're going to talk some MLS. We'll also talk some NBA, too. Of course, Russell Westbrook testing positive for COVID-19, and Victor Oladipo might actually play we're also going to have joe tanzi on he's going to talk about mls as well we'll have chelsea messenger as a guest she's going to handicap the football baseball markets so definitely a jam-packed show for us on the morning after coming up next absolutely ariel i want to get you out on this you know are you trying to do anything outdoors in the state of florida right now when it is 95 degrees by 9 a.m in florida uh, you mean yeah. like that's where these like, players are in, in Orlando? Nine a.m. starts like that's not easy. A nine a.m. start oh, where it's MLS. already ninety-three degrees to play. Yeah. Well, outdoors oh. in the MLS. Well, I think that it's interesting because you look at MLS, you look at the NBA, you look at UFC. Look at how many unconventional start times we're having. UFC, I couldn't believe that the main event was starting 9.15 their time in Abu Dhabi. I'm sure you will talk about it a little bit more right there on TMA. Keep it going. You're up next. Have a great show, Ariel. Thanks, guys. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.